Hey everybody, it's Margo. Guys, I'm such a fucking actress. And Lydia. Strong black woman over here. But you already know why we're here. Pop off, pop off, sis. I want commando on public transportation, huh? Oh my god. I love a good lazy river because I'm lazy and I like water. Pop off, <laughs> pop off, sis. Guys, I'm not gonna lie, I'm kinda hungover right now. The content you may not want, but deserve. Pop off, pop off. I think I popped off about that. Pop off. Pop, off. <laughs> Pop off, sis. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to your favorite podcast with Mark and Lid. Okay, that was uh, that was a lot. That <laughs> that there was interesting. We could make something with that, like Margs with Margs. Oh, <gasps> let's copyright it. Oh, okay, yeah. I just gave you a solo podcast career. Ah. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm gonna have to leave now, Lydia. I gotta go jump on that, get my uh trademark before someone steals it. Hello, Lydia. It feels like forever since I've seen that beautiful smiling face. Oh, I know. We were talking about that. It feels like so long. And you know, we had a guest last episode. So back to just one-on-one catch up with us. My fave. My fave. Okay, so what's your rose this week, Margs? My rose lid is um, I have started with my mother a 30-day yoga challenge where I'm going to be doing yoga every morning for 30 days. I'm following this little program, this little YouTuber. And honestly, I mean, I'm on day four, so we'll see if it lasts. Uh, but it's been so nice so far. Like, I just feel I never do yoga. Like, mm-hmm never and I just feel so much looser and stretched out and it definitely hurts like when I'm doing it I'm like oh I really am staring at my phone like this all day and fucking up my neck every single day but it's just been nice and a little activity to do with my mother so that's cool uh what is your rose darling Lydia well, well, slow your roll, because let's just, I would just love to say that that's really cool. I was telling you before, I feel like you and your mom always come up with cool things to do in quarantine. So that's so exciting. I've never tried yoga, but always wanted to. And you answered what I was going to ask, which was, do you feel any kind of difference or notice anything? And so that's good to know, because you're making me want to try it. I think you would love it. Honestly, it's, it's nice because it's, not you know it's not cardio it's not like you feel like you have to exert so much energy and it also meets you where you are like you're only as flexible as you can be in that moment but it's cool like (laughs) I'm acting like I've done yoga for so long it's been day four okay let's not forget but just in these first few days I already (laughs) can like I can do a better downward dog and I can stretch Mm -hmm. a little bit further and it's just, it's pretty crazy. And I feel just like nice and flexible. Yes, I love that. And that's great. I was just thinking when you said phones, like being on my phone and looking down or looking at a computer screen all day. I love that. Okay, you're inspiring me with that. Well, I'm a little annoyed you haven't said anything yet. You haven't noticed, but I got a haircut. And when I say haircut, I got a trim two inches. I mean, dramatic. Very dramatic. And I don't think you didn't notice because it was two inches or because my hair is not down or because it looks the exact same as it always does. But the reason this is my rose is because I usually hate getting my hair cut or trimmed or anything. I love growing my hair out because it takes forever, in my opinion. And I was like so excited to get a trim, I think, just because one, what else is there to do? (laughs) So, you know, I was masked up as safe as you can be while also being in public um, in the salon and got it cut. And I just, it feels healthier, even though I feel like it low-key doesn't look healthy right now, but looks amazing. Um, I had a lot of split ends. So those are all gone. And I was just like, wow, like, am I growing up actually looking forward to getting my hair cut? Cause you know, they always tell you like when you get it cut, it actually grows faster or whatever, like when right. it's healthier and you don't have the split end. So yeah, that just shows you how much is going on over here in life, <laughs> that that is my rose. Remember when our roses were like actual yeah. life events, like PPT? <laughs> yeah, I remember when my rose was like, I'm going to go to Miami and go to Ultra. And then it was like, oh, JK, <laughs> hello, Miss Corona, please. <laughs> Thank you and welcome. Um, yeah, so, I know. Yeah, I miss having fun events, but your hair looks great. You look great. And I'm glad that you had this fun escapade. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. What is popping, Margo? Well, you know, okay. One thing I saw. <laughs> Oops. Uh, one thing I saw that was just warmed my little, my little heart was Jonah Hill posted this Instagram this week. Uh, that was a screenshot of the Daily Mail. Essentially, the Daily Mail is a website that's like a gossip website, kind of like TMZ. And they'd taken pictures of him uh, surfing and with his shirt off. And they were kind of trying to, you know, make him feel bad about his body. And he posted this really heartfelt Instagram that was kind of like, you know, I'm finally at this age where you can't make me feel bad about it. This is the way I look. I'm happy with it. And then he wrote a note, you, you know, saying he never felt comfortable taking off his shirt around his family until he was in his 30s. So he like was like to all the young kids out there who don't feel comfortable taking your shirt off, like at the pool with your family, like just do it. And it, it was just, it was very sweet and very honest. And I think it's also um, the National Eating Disorder Awareness Week. Mm -hmm. uh, I might've said that wrong, but I think it's just, it fits the timing and it was very wholesome and sweet. And he was smiling so big in the pictures. And I was just like, that's the biggest fuck you, you can give them anyways. Yes. It's like, I feel good and I look good and I'm smiling and I don't care what you think. I love that. Yep. You summed that up just what I was thinking. And I, it's just body positivity. That's the kind of content we need and needs to be, you know, put out in the world. And I feel bad that even around his own family, he didn't feel comfortable that makes me so sad. But yes, I love that. And and that's what we hear. Like the older you get, you just don't give a fuck. You're like, this is me. You're, yeah. You get more confident in yourself. Yes, Jonah. That is mm. definitely popping. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, I just wanted to touch on, you know, we, we talked about how there was a possible Shailene Woodley and Aaron Rodgers engagement. It hadn't been confirmed, but it has now been confirmed. Shailene confirmed it on a late night show and they're engaged shocking shocking is it i mean i, I she's so low-key she's yeah she is very low-key i she's so hippie and he's so football so you know to me it's like it it's it's just interesting but if they're yeah. happy then you know that's all that matters and that's exciting Exactly. Like even in the interview when she was confirming it, she said, you know, I had never watched football before, especially, you know, American <laughs> sports. We just didn't grow up watching them. I'm like, is she Canadian or something? Like she's she's from California. Like she's so like hippy dippy. I'm like, you're from America. What do you mean? But yeah, that's hilarious. She I did not know that. Yeah. She definitely seems like a private person, but seems happy. So good for them. Yay. Yay. And then have you seen the new Billie Eilish documentary on Apple TV? But I want to. Did you see it? Yes, I just watched it yesterday. Margo, I am not a Billie Eilish fan. Like, okay, I feel like that sounds negative when you say you're not a fan of something. <laughs> I'm not not a fan. I'm just not, I don't pay attention. Right. And then every so often, like, she'll put out a song. And I'm like, oh, I fuck with this. Yes. Everything I wanted. Always can jam to that in the car. Oh, true. Uh, yeah, it's very good. It's a documentary film by director R.J. Cutler, who I guess is well known for his films. Um, it's called Billie Eilish, The World's a Little Blurry. Very good. I would suggest even if you don't have Apple TV, do that week free long subscription to watch it. Mm. It's about two hours long, but like you really get a sense of who she is. I think I, what I liked most about it is she didn't hold back on anything. Like she addressed a relationship that she had that she had never told us about before she showed us like behind the scenes moments of how she feels about being famous and not being able to have like a moment to freak out or like not be the nicest person on the planet and be cheery and right. all that so you I feel like she she shared it all and she was honest and she's just a teenager living life and dealing with being famous like she but she's also like honest like she and her brother are sitting on the couch one day because her brother's like her best friend they write all their songs together he's an yeah. artist producer and she was like yeah I'm famous as fuck and we're millionaires and they were just laughing about it like <laughs> she's like that is what it is I'm like you're right you're right you are yeah um 
but yeah and like she just seems really down to earth she got her dream car which is like a mustang something that she wanted her whole life she she dedicated oh i'm like telling you the whole movie she dedicated a whole like i it was probably at least 10 minutes of this documentary on her obsession with justin bieber growing up and how she finally met him at coachella last year or two years ago it was like a whole like she went deep into she her was like people need to know she went it was crazy she she at one point when she was a kid her mom was like yeah we were gonna put her in therapy because like it was a problem like she said at one point she made a video and she was like I can't get a boyfriend because I'll be cheating on Justin and she truly meant that she was like he's gonna be upset with me if I get a boyfriend oh my like, god was, like she was but it was like relatable you know yeah so, Oh, we've all, I mean, I was there for One Direction, write my fan fiction and being like, oh, I can't wait till Louis just like shows up at my door. Yeah. <laughs> Might low-key still be me with Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, Michael B. Jordan, like, you never know. So it, it could have, you're just wait, you're, cause we know he's coming to you. So yeah, we're just waiting for it. I mean, what does Lori Harvey have that I don't have? I mean, there's That's no different, nothing. nothing. <laughs> anyway watch the documentary i highly okay. suggest i will not popping kim and kanye they're done why is this not popping for you margo well i mean i feel like it's good because i feel like they've definitely in the past few years been going in a separate direction so it's good but then also you know divorce is sad so right like it's happening not happening you know it's kind of that gray area I mean I think they're both gonna be happier not together mm -hmm. Kanye did not seem to like the Kardashian world and Kim did not like Kanye's uh highs and lows and so they're they're distancing themselves and honestly I was actually a little shocked were you shocked at all or I was, I, I honestly, you know, there was been rumors for weeks and I, I was one of those that was like, I'm not going to believe it till it's official. And I, right. I didn't until it was official. And, and it said she filed that Kim filed. I was like, oh damn. This yeah. Happening. Yeah. Uh, Cause I remember we were like, it could be a publicity stunt. Right. You don't know. So I guess clearly it's not. And you know, it just happens to be the timing of, you know, Kardashians entering their last season of their show. It just, coincidence yeah coincidence totally i mean anywho uh -huh. another one is claire and dale oh back together making out on the florida beaches with no masks i might add no masks inside wait wait there's pictures see this is where i'd be behind there's pictures of them kissing oh yeah what? holding hands i saw those okay kissing all of it so like water. what 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 was what's happening how why so it's interesting because rachel lindsay was like he's just using her like he's continuing like uh -huh. his image was bad after their split because it very much looked like he was just using her now they're hanging out again maybe he's trying to save face i mean i don't know like i guess they were engaged so maybe there's right. Maybe they're working through their issues, but I, I'm just not about them really. I, I think Claire does Claire deserves more. And I feel like Dale just isn't that into it. So why? 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 I have so many why? Why questions? Cue the why vine. Why? 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 I just am confused by them now. I will just have to wait and see. Yeah. Okay last one we have for you what's not popping is this whole lady gaga her french bulldogs being stolen literally dog napped in the middle of west hollywood two of her three french bulldogs were taken by these two guys in a car they came up on lady gaga's dog walker and shot the dog walker four times it's all on video it's disturbing um shot the dog walker whose name is eric fisher and took off with the two of the dogs and it was like really sad both dogs have returned safely but it was a whole thing lady gaga is currently in italy filming this new movie gucci that's coming out in november of 2021 
and it's some big names in this movie it's her it's robert de niro jared leto adam driver this is gonna be a good movie oh i did not hear about this movie t apparently it's about the whole gucci family and their empire and the brand obviously but yeah so so lady gaga wasn't even there when this all went down she literally put out a post saying she would offer five hundred thousand dollars for the dog safe return like she wasn't playing these are her babies so she has a third dog that's miss asia and she was able to stay with the dog walker she did not get taken but the other two did and they have now been safely returned but it's just like scary i was trying to think what was the motive was it money was like what was the point of these criminals doing this you know yeah i feel like 100 percent money like they had to know like nobody shoots someone and risks like going to jail forever just because they see two dogs that they want you know what i mean like they had to know it had to have been planned i feel like maybe did they really think they were gonna get away with that like well, maybe they they had checked it out and thought there weren't security. I mean, to be fair, I watched the security camera footage, which like, don't do. You don't need to see yeah. someone get shot. It's not, I shouldn't have done it. But um, like, you can't see their faces at all. And I don't think you can really see the license plate either. So, I mean, for now they got away with it. Listen, someone returned the dogs to the LAPD and- uh, she seemed the person who returned the dogs uh, was a woman and she didn't seem involved at all, but I think she still probably got paid that $500,000. So someone's got the money. And, you know, so I, th- I think the motive was money, but how fucked up. And then the poor dog walker is like, I'm just trying to make a living off of walking some dogs off of being an animal lover. And uh, I got shot and almost died. So just crazy. Well, you know, he, he's expected to live, which is awesome. He's doing, yeah. he's going to be okay. And the dogs are returned. So in the end, happy ending, just unnecessary. So random, like so random. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, buckle in everyone. We got, <laughs> it's time for the bachelor. <laughs> it's time to really do a deep dive into this entire controversy that is Chris Harrison, The Bachelor franchise, Rachel Kirkconnell, and Rachel Lindsay. Where do we begin? We we have to begin with. <laughs> I gotta the, keep. My I mean, Rachel okay. Straight. Well, first, I know exactly. Yeah, that's really important because they're two very different people, but they both are called Rachel. So, um, yeah. Okay. So when The Bachelor this season, season 26, starring Matt James, the first ever Black Bachelor, when it first started airing and people were, you know, when the, whenever The Bachelor starts or The Bachelorette starts, people start looking up all of the contestants on Instagram, on social media, and they want to know more about them. So these photos from Rachel Kirkconnell, who is a white contestant, um, these Instagram photos started surfacing of her posing in front of Confederate flags, wearing Native American headdresses. Uh, like she posed in a poncho and a sombrero and like the mustache or whatever for one Halloween. And then the photo that probably caused the most uh, upset was that there was a picture of her in college at a sorority party that was on a plantation that was old south antebellum themed so like a plant it was a plantation party i mean like i you know that's what it was uh and it was all white people of course um and so these photos started surfacing and through the past six weeks of the bachelor airing uh fans have been asking the franchise you know what is happening is Rachel going to answer to this? They've been commenting on Rachel's posts and no one has said anything. And then last week, things got crazy because Chris Harrison, who is the host of The Bachelor, went on Extra TV to talk to the an old, an old contestant, Rachel Lindsay, who was the first ever Black Bachelorette. He went on to talk about the season and specifically Rachel Kirkconnell, the current contestant and her actions. 
And the things Chris said are just, I don't know how you could be on TV as a host for 20, over 20 years and not recognize that you're saying things that are a problem. Uh, Essentially, Chris came on and was defending Rachel straight off the bat. He was like, she needs to be given grace. People need to give her time. People, the woke police is coming after her. You know, like everything wasn't her fault. He was like, yeah, it's, it's okay. Yeah, I agree. There's, there's some problems here, but you know, we need to give her her time to be able to process this. It's like, okay, sure. I mean, it's been happening for six weeks and she hasn't mentioned it, but okay. She needs more time. So Chris said, and I quote, you know, I saw a picture of her Rachel at a sorority party five years ago. And that's it. Like, boom, this girl is in this book now. And I'm like, really? Okay. And Rachel jumps in to clarify. Well, it wasn't five years ago. It was in 2018. And it wasn't just any photo. It was a picture of her at an old South antebellum party. And it's not a good look. And Chris says, and probably like his most famous line from this interview Well, Rachel, is it a good look in 2018 or is it not a good look in 2021? Because there's a big difference. To which Rachel responds, it's not a good look ever. (laughs) It wasn't a good look 400 years ago when there were slaves. That wasn't a good look either, Chris. I mean, she didn't say that. That's me. That's Margot's thoughts on that. Oh. Um, <laughs> that sounds like a joke. <laughs> but it's, she did say it's not a good look ever. And then what she said that should have shut down the whole conversation. There shouldn't have been any more talk about it after is she said, quote, if I went to that party, what would I represent at that party? And instead of Chris being like, you know what, Rachel, you are so right. I'm sorry. He continued to defend Rachel Kirkconnell, not Rachel Lindsay. You know, it does get a little bit confusing, but he continued to defend uh, the contestant. And essentially his entire defense was that so many people were going to these kinds of parties in 2018, like that was the trend. She was only 18 years old, which I don't think is correct either, but you know, she was so young and, and, and it was so different back then. Like, as though he was talking about like 50 years ago, I'm like, this was 2018. Like we were in college. Like this was not, this is very much the present, sir. And he kept mentioning this lens and he kept being like, you know, we're looking through this different lens now. And like, this, this such a different lens. And I I saw this follow-up interview that Rachel did with someone else. And she said, you know, the only regret I have about that interview is not asking him what lens was he talking about? What did he mean by this lens? Because he never quite clarified, but to me, that sounds like he's saying the lens in 2018 was fine. And the lens that we're looking thing through things now is a problem. Like he, it was almost as if he was saying what we're, how we view race now is too much. This girl is being too attacked. It's too much. People are tearing her apart and there there's not enough basis for it. He also started talking about like Republican versus Democrat, how people label Republicans as racist. And he was like, you know, it should never be just because you voted for this person, then you are there for this thing. And I was like, there's only one person you're talking about when you say that. And that means you voted for him. And I'm sorry, if you voted for him, then you voted for a racist president. Ergo, part of you is racist. I'm sorry, Chris, like that's a terrible defense. What are you talking about? Uh, and yeah, I mean, I think that's like the best synopsis I can give. It's 13 minutes. Go watch the clip if you really want to know everything quoted. Uh, but oh, the last thing that I'll just mention is, uh, about exactly what happened is he talked about Hannah Brown. Do you know what happened with Hannah Brown? Um, Lydia? 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine if you don't. So Hannah Brown was a bachelorette a few seasons, maybe even like the last season before Claire. And she, in this past year, uploaded a video, I think on her Instagram story, where she was singing along to a song and said the N-word. And obviously people were like, yo, that's not okay. And Chris, in this talk, which was about Rachel Kirkconnell, it was not about Hannah Brown. But like, yes, that's also a problem, Chris. He brought Hannah in and and even defended her and was like, what these women need are more time to process this. Like they're being thrown to the lions and they need more time to process. And it's like, it's, I mean, it's just very clear what side he was siding with and how stupid it was to pick that side as someone who has been a host of television for two decades, who has seen everything that's gone on in this country, especially this past summer. And then to make the statements he did to the first ever black bachelorette on his franchise. The whole thing is appalling. Lydia, jump in, tell me what you think. And let's talk about this mess. I have a lot of different things that run through my head. First of all, Margot, well done on the synopsis unmatched could not have done it any better myself there was a lot to cover and you did so very well as you said this is just crazy bizarre so many thoughts biggest thought for me is the whole 2018 comparison that being so long ago the different lens we like you said we were in college then it was not even three years ago and at that time Donald Trump was the president which is something that is not lost on any of us because Mm. what was the lens then in terms of race when he was president? Not a great one at all. So that argument is awful. He should have backed away from all that. And for him to be that adamant and that stuck in his conviction about his beliefs and everything and giving them more time, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And like you said, he was talking to Rachel Lindsay, the first black contestant. He was saying this in a public forum in an interview to a black person yeah so god forbid if we knew what he would say around his friends and family that were not black that are white Mm. you know like he was that bold to say all that yeah so that is how he feels i'm gonna give a very unpopular opinion right now and i know this is not true at all like this isn't it but like in a sick way this would be bad but because and this is me kind of jumping ahead because I know next we're going to talk about who his possible replacements are because he has since stepped down from this role yes back or whatever and in my opinion Rachel is now going to be one of the front runners to be the new host of the bachelor in the bachelorette what if for some crazy reason this was all like plans to get him out and bring Rachel in. No way. No, no okay. way. Okay, we're gonna forget that. We're gonna forget that. <laughs> because because why would they do it this way? Why why put out all this racist stuff for them to have? Yeah, they, you could have just fired him like other shows do and and put. Okay, forget that. No, yeah. <laughs> uh, what else is going through my head? I kind of feel bad for Rachel Lindsay for having to sit through that interview and having to deal with the backlash of all of it. Um, just because you know she didn't ask for that to happen. And it's probably disheartening for her to now be associated with someone like him. And, you know, at one point I'm, before that, I'm sure she lo- like loved him in a professional way. You know, he gave right. her a lot um, in terms of a platform and, and the opportunity to be the first Black Bachelorette, that kind of thing. I think Matt is going to have some explaining to do if, as we both think, Rachel Kirkconnell is the winner of this season and ends up with a ring and an engagement from Matt James. Because what happens then? And and I honestly think it is her because I feel like this whole thing, even though it should always have been a big deal, would not have been as much of a big deal if she doesn't win. And obviously right. the executives and everyone behind the scenes knows who's going to win. So what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> I have no, I mean, I like people have been commenting because Matt in interviews lately has had this like huge beard. 
Yes. And people were like, that's a single man beard. Like, even if he got engaged, that is a single man beard. And I was like, yeah. you know, they have a point. <laughs> yeah. I like, kiss all that either. But it, to me, like, and I know I said this before, but literally what should have stopped the conversation in its yeah. tracks was when Rachel was like, what would I have represented? And the fact that Chris Harrison kept cutting her off Yes. and kept reinforcing his narrative without taking in the fact that it was a black woman telling him how she felt about the situation like it doesn't it doesn't make any sense like i'm sorry chris harrison your opinion doesn't matter you're not a person of color this doesn't offend you you know he's what telling, i mean he's literally telling the victim in that situation not rachel is like the proverbial victim a black person in that conversation to give the white person who did what was wrong some more grace. Your feelings are valid, Miss Black Rachel. This is, you need to give white Rachel grace. You need to understand this was 2018. This was a different time. Like you said, your opinion doesn't matter in this situation. Yeah. Crazy. It just, it's, it's sad to say the least. Chris deserves to have been fired, whether the fact that they even probably let him publicly say I'm stepping back is like they gave him that as a gift because really right. they, the headline should have been he was fired Chris Harrison has stepped back at, well he wrote one apology and then like a week later he stepped back stepped back and then you know since then also Rachel has come out with her apology well now it's three but we'll get to that Rachel Lindsay had mentioned how Rachel Kirkconnell hadn't said anything in six weeks of these allegations being thrown around. Oh, I forgot to mention one other allegation was that um, some people from Rachel's high school uh, came out and said that she, Rachel Kirkconnell would bully them uh, because they would date black men and would like make fun of them for dating. And then she went on a show to date Matt James, the first black bachelor. So T that, I mean, you know, like that was on Twitter or something. So I don't know, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was the truth. Uh, six in six weeks. Also not even just in the six weeks, but when you go on a TV show, you know, people are going to follow you on Instagram. You know, they're going to stalk your social media. In fact, you probably went on The Bachelor so that you would get famous. So why, why didn't you go through your social media before you went on the show and delete the pictures that were racist? The only reason that you didn't do that was because you didn't see a problem with them because to you, they weren't racist. Like there is no there is no excuse now you know and what i mean and let's be fair let's let's play devil's avocado and say okay rachel's <laughs> like i didn't think about that i didn't think about my social media like that i, I forgot about all the pictures i take Not, well still the argument holds that because you didn't think there was anything wrong with anything on your feed so right great point it's so heated i love no i love the passion margo <laughs> It's just, it's always, I've loved this show for so long. I've been watching for many seasons, but I do think that personally, I have turned a blind eye to a lot of problematic shit in this franchise, whether I was fully recognizing it or whether I was, you know, just not fully realizing some of these actions that were being taken and how problematic they were. It doesn't matter. There is no excuse. Now I feel like it's important to talk about the fact that the show that I love has some big problems that they have to deal with or the show is going to like and should be canceled. Right. And if the head of your show, if the executive producer and the host of the show is racist and he is in charge of hiring all the people, of making the kind of set that either makes you feel comfortable or uncomfortable as a person of color, like if he is racist, that trickles down from the top all the way to the bottom. So I think he should be fired. Like, I think he needs to figure this out. Absolutely. And I, I think you raised the point about, you know, why, why does the franchise continue to cast members who have had bad pasts? And, and I think that's something that they need to address. I think starting with Chris for all the reasons that you just laid out is, is great. And, and I think if anything, the bachelor franchise wants to do all they can to stay on air because next thing you know, it's going to be on ABC level and, and ABC is going to have to start making some tough decisions and, you know it, it could get to that point where it's canceled so 
there's a lot that they need to do. Chris Harrison announced he was stepping down or he was forced out or whatever happened in an Instagram post. And I have to tell you, I was floored because today I was looking through the comments and I would say 95% of the comments are defending Chris Harrison saying it's horrible that they're doing this to him that they're forcing him out, saying that nothing he said was racist, not seeing any problems with it, and just being in total defense. And you know what? I was floored, but I shouldn't have been. Because like I said, if he was at the top, then that means that in the past 26 seasons of the show, the fan base that they have been cultivating is a fan base that feels a similar way that the show does and that the show portrays race and it's just, it, it was pretty disheartening to see. And just because the network ABC forced him out doesn't mean that that's the way a lot of the fans of The Bachelor felt, which is extremely disappointing as a fan of The Bachelor myself. But, you know, what does it mean if you've had a TV show for that long that continues to perpetuate racism? And like, how has the show perpetuated racism? And I, I think a lot of people are going back now and, and looking back at old seasons and being like, oh, wait, th this stuff was so fucked up, but we didn't, like, we weren't paying attention. And also Rachel Lindsay herself, after her season aired, wrote an op-ed where essentially she was very frustrated because she felt like she had been given an edit of uh, angry and sassy and her horror story in the end hadn't ended up being a love story like it they had very much edited the show to make it look like she would end up with her runner up versus the guy she actually ended up with and she was like listen the only difference between me and the other bachelorettes is my race and they played into that stereotype of the angry sassy black girl and that's what they portrayed me as so these problems have been here you know and 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 they're not going on anywhere unless the network looks into it and Chris Harrison gets cast aside. So true. And I was going to ask you just thinking about maybe ways that the show has perpetuated racism over the many seasons is uh, on past seasons have the contestants been mostly white or I mean like oh, how yeah. many what's the average number of black contestants that have been on each season would you say I would say when they start with like their pool of 30 Mm -hmm. there's probably like four BIPOC wow there you go okay I would say that's probably the average and in the early seasons I would say there's probably none like I wasn't there at the beginning of the show because mm -hmm. I was like you know like four but I would say there yeah there probably weren't any and have has a black person ever been chosen like gotten engaged at the end of it that wasn't a the bachelor or bachelorette I'm pretty sure no. There was uh there was with Sean, who was a bachelor a few years ago, there was an Asian woman, but I think that's the only person of color who ever was chosen. Okay, that's interesting. That's and I know that could be controversial because it's like, well, it's who you fall in love with, but just saying. And and oh. fall in love with is relative because it's a it's a <laughs> it's a TV show. TV show, yeah. Let's talk about these possible replacements for Chris Harrison. Well, I already said maybe Rachel Lindsay. Uh, who else do you think maybe? I there was this guy Mike on uh, on Hannah Brown season that you know I feel like they're gonna pick someone from the franchise. But what's interesting is they since after the final rose, you you did you watch that last? season you know what after the final did they have one last season is that the kind of thing wait wait for Claire's season no yeah they didn't do anything with Tasha or Zach no there was right okay so after the final rose is the last episode usually they do it live with a studio audience and they bring in they sh they ex essentially mix together live interviews where you know the bachelor bachelorette is talking to their runner-up or talking to their fiance with the actual show and the plot line that happens. Oh, I would have loved to see that with Tasha and Ben. I liked Ben. Okay. 
I did not like Ben. You didn't like, most people didn't. I'm weird. Okay. <laughs> he was like a wet blanket to me. But uh, alas, we're not talking about boring Ben. We are talking about uh, possible ben. new replacement so they have chosen a new host for after the final rose because chris harrison will not be there and it is emmanuel acho and he is a black man and he is not at all affiliated with the franchise which i found shocking but also makes sense because i guess they want a neutral point of view and he is uh, a someone who has talked about race relations very openly and an activist in this country. So I think it was a good choice. I don't know much about him, but I'm definitely excited to see him fill in and do better than Chris Harrison. Yeah. I think that that's a great choice. Like he doesn't have any kind of history with the bachelor franchise, which is good. I think he's the host of this YouTube channel called conversations with a black man. And he talks about race with some very popular figures and he really gets into it. He's a very like uplifting speaker too. So Mm -hmm. I think that is a great choice and he's not terrible to look at just saying Mm. and football man we love it (laughs) I said that like someone that doesn't watch any kind of sports a football man (laughs) uh but okay so maybe and you said Chris Harrison usually hosts it so it seems like the host of the show hosts the final rose thing so or after the rose so maybe he would be the new host (laughs) I'm just trying to imagine him like walk in like Lisa your final rose <laughs> when you're ready <laughs> I know I well you know the first thought I had was last season Jojo Fletcher one of the old bachelorettes um had stepped in for like two episodes Chris Harrison was going to drop off his kid at college and she had stepped in for like a rose ceremony or something to host and like she did a good job and I was like I hate to say it but everyone who keeps being like the show won't be the same. Chris Harrison is the bachelor. It's like, okay, I hate to break it to you. It's not that hard of a job. Like, no. And he he's goes not in. a contestant. I'm confused how the show changes. He's a model. Right. He's just, yeah, he's been there for a long time, but he literally has like four minutes of airtime a season just being like, this is your final rose for the night. And <laughs> ladies, please pack your belongings and say your goodbyes. <laughs> and I mean, listen, Another ABC show, Dancing with the Stars, another one of my favorite reality shows. Uh, the the longtime host Tom Bergeron left after a long time, and it became Tyra Banks. I remember that very short, uh, nothing short of a flop to say the <laughs> least as the host. So, but I but I feel like you know that's live. It's a little different. Like, so I don't think you could. It's not going to matter that much if they change the host of this show. It's different. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's not going to change the show. Even the diehard fans that have watched from the beginning, you'll get over it. And that says more about you as a person that doesn't see anything wrong with him leaving, which is what you were alluding to earlier. Right. I also hope that there is an after the rose ceremony this year because they didn't do one for Tasha. And I'm trying to think based on your description, maybe because of COVID, they can't do it. Yeah. But just have it be then the the, the contestants and and... Nah. I think I think they are doing it this season. I think they figured out the COVID thing better uh, than last season. So, I mean, that's going to be wild because it's going to be Matt face, whether she wins or not, it's going to be Matt face-to-face with Rachel. Right. Kirkconnell. And I don't know. So Matt has released a statement where he was like, you know, these actions were disappointing and I can't talk about that much now, but I definitely will be having these conversations when the show ends. So I don't know, but back to what you were saying about wanting Rachel Lindsay to host, I think she would be fabulous, but she, she is so, so I don't know if you saw, but she deleted her Instagram this week. She was getting so much hate that it got to the point where she just deleted it because it people were just sending her like horrible things that I'm sorry and, I have to cut you off that makes yeah. my blood boil because like this all started because of the racist comments of a white man how was she getting hate this has nothing Woo. go ahead no you're 100% correct I mean like she did nothing she sat there actually she sat there and was too polite to him like that's what she said in another interview she was like i didn't want to get mad i didn't want to show the fact that my blood was boiling because as a black woman i know that people would have seen that and then the narrative would have shifted about the interview so i just sat back 
And I let him say what he was saying because I knew he was doing his own damage, which she's so smart for doing that. But also it's fucked up that she had to do that. But she sat there and was too nice to this guy who was saying these horrible comments. And now she's getting hate and death threats. How does it make it make sense? He should be deleting his Instagram. He should be shamed. He should be embarrassed. Like what? But I think definitely they need to go with someone of color. Yeah. Um. Shout out my girl, Jasenia. We want to put her back in there as host. <laughs> a little light. She would be an interesting host, Jasenia. She'd be like, let's get MJ out here so we can settle <laughs> our beef before we start the season. People, Lydia's wonderful TikTok for more reference. <laughs> Guys, yeah. give me numbers because no one liked it. Everyone liked it who saw it. Okay. Oh, thanks. Okay. Rachel has now released three statements. She released one initially where she was like, I messed up. You are correct. I'm going to educate myself. Then she released a seven minute long Instagram video, IGTV, where she essentially said, I don't, I haven't been sure whether I could post links because I didn't want my actions to seem performative but here are links to resources that I am actively reading that I am educating myself on. Then I think she referenced some books and stuff. And she also said to all the people sitting in her DMs and telling her that she did nothing wrong, that they need to stop because she clearly did something wrong. And listen, with all these apologies, you know, of course it looks performative right now. Like there's no other, she's getting attacked. So obviously she's going to say the shit and it's going to be, more long-term, whether we see if she actually means that she's doing the work or not, you know, like we mentioned, she had these Instagram posts and saw no problem with them up like less than six weeks ago. So obviously she can't just like not be racist anymore, you know, magically, but for now, at least she's speaking up and saying, yes, I fucked up yes, my actions were bad and stop trying to defend me. Like, at least she's saying that. At least she's not trying to defend herself. And then she added, she had a third statement that she put up yesterday defending Rachel Lindsay. And she was like, stop attacking her. She had to delete her Instagram when I was the one who did something wrong. And when white people are the one who are doing these bad things. So why is she getting the hate? Mm-hmm. My thoughts exactly. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. How do you feel about those state? Like, I just, I'm just like, it's expected. Like, I don't really feel any way about them. I don't know. What do you think? What it comes down to is that this is all after the fact. She could have avoided so much of this. She could have saved Chris from digging his own grave in that interview if she had come out with this when the season first started Mm. and said listen this is a picture that i posted that is still on my instagram she should have gotten ahead of it that's what it comes down to you're so right you suck off that's just so like it's just it's baffling to me that the whole thing could have been avoided and like listen i think she obviously needed this because she thought one type of way clearly but it could have all been avoided had she just deleted pictures off her instagram prior to the season you know what I mean but honestly Margo now that I think about it I'm glad she didn't because we needed to see who she is as a person uh sorry who she was in 2018 (laughs) as a person so I almost that part of it is not what I yes you're right she could have avoided all that but it's more so she could have said something before she was caught quote unquote like she could have just come out with and said this is listen this is I'm not hiding this is what happened then and she didn't. And I think we're going to have to have another conversation in another few weeks when we find out who Matt's fiance is, because if it's her, wow. Are, okay. If, do you think if he picked her that they are still together? Yes. As of right now, yes. I think they're still together. I think Matt is black, but he's also half white with a white mother. And I think that Matt probably has maybe a different type of tolerance than other people about stuff like this. And I think that he came into the season on camera talking about how, depending on whoever he ends up with, he'll probably have some explaining to do if it's a white person versus being expected to choose a black girl. Mm. So 
as I don't think this no I don't think that this whole situation would have ruined them Mm. if it's Rachel I think that they're still engaged hot take I mean, his mom did vote for Trump also, so they have that bonding over their parent. Yeah. Oh. His white mother voted for Trump. And I'm pretty sure it wasn't not in his life. Like, he was raised primarily by his mother. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. TBD. All I can say is that this has been a whole mess and that it's literally people digging their own graves. Like, you're right. Rachel had weeks. In fact, she had over a month to come out and say something before it got to the point that it did. And she chose not to speak. And Chris Harrison instead decided to open his mouth and dug his own grave. So you know what? It's on them. And we need a, we need people to be better. If you're going to host a TV show and try and market it to all of the U S then you better be thinking about the demographics in the U S and all of the people that are in this melting pot of a country. Amen to that. Rachel, come back on Instagram. You are welcome there. None of this is your Please. fault. Oh, okay. Well, I want to just have a second to decompress all of that. Like I said, this conversation might look a lot different in a few weeks, which is crazy to think, but we just wanted to touch on this season a little bit because it is coming down to the wire and we have just witnessed, I'm sorry, actually I have just witnessed because Margot let me down and did not watch the latest episode yet. And me only one and a half seasons into bachelor nation. <laughs> I'm caught up. So I just want the record to show Margot did not do her homework this week, but also I don't do my homework all of the week. So it's fine. I watched one clip that mattered. Okay. Okay. I- I watched Matt being <laughs> sent home as the bachelor. He was sent home. I that is so funny to me. It's like, can I walk you out, Matt? <laughs> so what Margot is referring to is this past episode was the hometown episode, but it's COVID. So it's more like the hometown came to Nima Colon. And the final four contestants, let's get this right. Rachel, obviously. Uh, Serena P, Canadian Serena P. Serena peaced out. <laughs> Spoiler, <laughs> Brie, and oh my God, who's the last one? Michelle. Michelle, right? Michelle, Michelle. Michelle's my favorite of who's left. Michelle's your favorite? I think. Yeah. Okay. Michelle, I feel like is the most into him, like genuinely. But like, I also like Brie. I like Brie, but I'm like Brie. Why did you quit your job? Frequenter dot. That's right. Oh my gosh! But the thing I is- felt so bad for her that night. So last episode, not this past one, where she was like, she tells him like so vulnerably. She's like, I had to make the decision this week whether to leave my dream job to stay here for another few weeks or to go home. And I chose you. And that night, he literally not only does he give the rose to Rachel, but he also <laughs> takes her away from the group date to a private concert and Bree is just like sitting there crying like oh I really gave up my entire dream career to be sitting on this couch crying by myself she really did wow yeah yeah that wasn't the best move Bree come on just statistically how these shows end <laughs> up you shouldn't have done that okay yeah that was not smart on Bree's part but I also I was just thinking, like, obviously, three of the four left are black. Yeah. Mixed, of mixed race. And one is white. So if he ends up with Rachel, like we thought he might. Oh, this is going to be crazy. Anyway. Okay, so those are the four that's left. So we met all of their families in this most recent episode. I just had a few thoughts. Okay. Bree's mom. So Bree was raised by her mother, like as a single mother and Bree's mom I think she's white she's Bree is definitely mixed and so Bree's mom is white and like definitely like gave off like she was a young mom vibe but Bree you know her whole storyline is that she's like worried that she can't give Matt this like typical family because she was raised by her mother only and it's just kind of her mom and her best friend that come visit next thing you know Matt walks in to meet Bree's mom and, and best friend and Bree's mom is carrying an infant so 
she goes say hi to your sister so Bree has like like and she's she's like an infant like not even probably five months old baby sister and Matt's sitting there like what the hell like is that our first time meeting her no I think Bree had met the baby I think I think maybe not though because it was a tiny tiny baby but it was just kind of weird because Bree's at least what like 22 so I guess Bree's mom had her very very young gotcha but it's not like there was like a stepfather any sort of like man with Bree's mom it was just Bree's mom the baby and the best friend so like it honestly like Bree was holding her at one point it looked like it was like Bree and Matt's kid like it was just like that was her sister like she's gonna be an aunt potentially before the age of one so yeah wow. but the reason I bring up Bree's mom is that Bree's mom okay Bree's mom and then Rachel's dad were the only two that said basically everything I was thinking they were the most skeptical out of all the parents they were like grilling Matt like so what's different about my daughter? There's, you have three other women here. What's different about my daughter? Do you love her? And honestly, he wasn't like, of course. He was like, I can't give you the answer that you want, but I can tell you like, I'm definitely falling in love with her. I mean, that's honest, but also like, they were like, okay, like, it's not good. So- that wasn't a good answer. <laughs> like, but they were just so skeptical. And I agree that they should be because it's a show. Anyway, I'm just going to say everything and then we can discuss. That Serena P, that's okay. This is the other thing, just so you guys know. On these hometown episodes, they have like a a whole day of of a nice date before meeting the family of each contestant. So Rachel and Matt went skydiving. And then Serena P, just like a contrast of like thrilling dates, Serena P sat in a room with Matt and they, she basically quizzed him the whole time on Canadian facts. She's from here. And like, they ate like Canadian delicacies or like tried different foods and like it was just not the same vibe as like skydiving or um <clears throat> Brie and Matt did like a mudslide date where they like went off-roading in this jeep because their first date they did like a hot tub in the middle of the woods and it was also like muddy so it was like full circle moment like just more meaningful and Serena's literally standing there with flashcards like Matt how do we say hi like it just was not the same so it was just like vibes that Serena P's fate was not a good one honestly these hometowns also reminded me why I just this show is so scripted and I don't love it because like in each of the hometowns Matt would walk in and meet the family and then the mom would go Matt like do you want to go have a chat but it was like so scripted and so obvious and they did that four times in a row sorry yeah four times in a row and it was just ugh they ask the same questions and Matt gives the same answers like Mm -hmm. how are we Margo how are we as watchers supposed to believe in any of this because he literally tells each one the same he says yeah Serena just makes me feel ways that the other girls don't yeah Brie makes me feel ways the other girls don't (laughs) you know Rachel really makes me feel ways that the other girls just don't make me feel like Lydia, that's why I didn't do my homework. Because <laughs> you hometowns knew. are the worst. Honestly, like when I first started watching the show, the first hometown you watch, I at least for me, I know your experience was a little different because normally you get to actually go and mm-hmm. see their hometowns, and and that's even more exciting because then you usually get to meet the friends too or whatever, and they show you around the city. It's a, normally a little more exciting. They go to each city. Got it. But it's all, it's, they're all the same. Like the first one's exciting. Cause you're like, Ooh, the parents like meet the parents. They're going to grill him. And then, you know, then you realize that for every single season of the bachelor, they all say the same thing. They're all told by production. Let's go have a chat now. <laughs> and the bachelor bachelorette never knows what to say because they're like, Oh yeah, I am still dating three other people. And actually fantasy suites are next week. And so I'm probably going to bone those other people too. And so it's kind of hard for me to tell you that I love your daughter specifically, because I actually like have to test the waters in their vaginas first. Oh, it's just frustrating. Cause, but also like the parents know that their children are going on these shows. So what do they expect at the same time too? But it's also their kid. Like, that's got to be hard. Like your daughter who claims, yeah, like there's no red flags. I just really love him, mom. Like it's different this time. It's like, but also he could just not choose you and you could be coming home crying to me in a few weeks. Like, yeah. I always wonder that when I see people go in the bachelor and bachelor, I'm like, how did you convince your parents 
to come on the show because every person who goes on there, there's a chance you make it to hometowns. So you have to have that conversation with your parents before. Like, would you be cool coming on camera? I think my parents would say, hell no. Yeah. Agreed. And maybe there has been like a time where there was a hometown and it was kind of just like the friends or like family friends. And that's how they kind of like covered that up because their parents didn't want to come on. But right. Yeah. I don't think my parents would either. They'd be like, okay, you're one of however many left. (laughs) Is it usually four left at this time? Yeah. It's always four. Okay. Well, four quickly became three because Serena P. If oh. you need a reminder, Serena P was the one that was scared of PDA and had her legs straddled around that in a very steamy yoga session and decided that she was uncomfortable and just needed to express that she didn't really like being that close to him. So shockingly, and it was kind of weird, Margo, you definitely have to watch this hometown in particular because Serena P's sister came along with the parents and Serena P's sister was like, are you like a hundred percent sure that like, no, what it's, she said, I don't feel like a spark or any sort of like anything different than like you checking boxes. I don't see you being like smitten with him. Right. All of a sudden Serena went from being like her bubbly Canadian self to like, oh shit, you're right. And then after the hometown, she sat down with Matt and she was like, I have a lot to think about and I'm just not sure. And then the next day she basically sent him, she sent him home, as you say. Serena P was no longer part of the contestant. She peaced out. I'm sorry. I she peaced so out. And then the rose ceremony was just the three left. So Matt didn't have to like not give out a rose because all yeah. three got one. And he said to them at the rose ceremony, which was like, duh. He was like, I need you all to think long and hard before accepting this rose because, you know, I'm here looking for a wife. That's what I'm here for. So just remember that. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's how the show works. They knew that from the beginning, but Okay. And he acted like he was all heartbroken over Serena P. Like, he was crying. Really? I'm like, I didn't think you liked her that much. Okay. He's like, why do you think I kept her around this long? I was like, oh, no. I mean, yeah, but you had to keep someone around that long. Like, it's so funny hearing the the interviews with, like, The Bachelor and The Bachelorettes after where they're like, oh, I knew from night one who I was going to marry. It's like, well, then why did you do the whole show? you know right they had to keep someone so that doesn't mean they're necessarily interested like that could have been production choosing someone yeah Lena P was like nice and she was bubbly or whatever so yeah she's down to the final three Brie Rachel Michelle who do you think who do you think is gonna be final two final two because we're both in agreement that Rachel's gonna be the fiance that she's gonna win oh I guess Michelle. You think it'll be Michelle, Rachel? Michelle, honestly, out of all of them, I mean, Rachel too, but Michelle seems like she really loves him or strongly likes him. Like she's, she seems really nice and genuine and into him. And Bree's, I think Bree just has a really chill personality though. Like she's kind of just like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, man. Yeah. (laughs) Who do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I think Michelle too. Listen, Michelle and Matt's first date, like that one-on-one, I w- I was convinced after that one-on-one, I was like, oh, he's going to pick her. Really? Because I just saw so much chemistry and they were making out in the hot air balloon. And like, right. I don't know. They were just like, and he closed his eyes when he kissed her. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's fate. Clearly. Uh but I don't know. I felt like they had something special, but now it's just seeing the way that he acts around Rachel and like how he chooses her out of everyone to spend time with, how he told her he was falling in love with her first and all of that. I, I think, I think they're going to be it. And maybe like throughout this whole thing, they've been quarantined together in right. the apartment, hanging out. And like, I wonder what it's like. Like, I wonder if he's like explaining stuff to her and making her read books. And I don't know. I don't know if he's doing all that, to be honest. Uh, If anything, I could see him being like, oh shit, when the public finds out, how am I going to look? Like thinking about his own reputation. Who knows? Maybe he's educating her. Maybe think positively Lydia he's educating (laughs) her they're watching documentaries they're reading they are doing all the important things 
Michelle for the win. Michelle for Bachelorette. Yeah, T. T. I think that's the Who do you think? Who do you think will be Bachelorette? Is there anyone so far you're like, ooh, I'm getting Bachelorette vibes? Mm. Just yet. No, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, Kit. Uh, no. I was thinking like maybe Abigail, but I feel like they're probably, I don't know. They might pick one of the runner-ups like further along instead. Right. Okay, so like Victoria's kind of the worst, so not her. Okay, not but her. like how entertaining would Victoria <laughs> as the Bachelorette be? Low-key, like I want that, you know? Like I shouldn't, but I gotta do it. Guilty pleasure, yeah. Yeah, Abigail would be cool because then also it's like showing even more inclusivity and yeah, that would be really cool. Uh, but yeah, maybe, I don't think it would be Michelle and I don't think it would be Brie. Yeah, that's it. Th- I don't think they have big enough personalities that yeah. they would want to base a whole season around them. Who's going to bang Matt? Oh, oh. me. Surprise. <laughs> I, come I with, told you I come you should the go last on the show. second. You know how like there was the second round of girls and then there was that one girl that came. <laughs> I'm going to come in at the last second. Like, <laughs> I'm joining. <laughs> Shows up and it's like, Matt. You already know what it is. Matt, like we have such a history. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's a lot still to look forward to. I think we really dove deep. Let's Serena P peace out of this bachelor drama and onto our wonderful, our marvelous, our cozy quotes of the day. Go ahead. Beautiful. Thank Thank you. you. My quote of the day is just to round out Black History Month. We ended it as of yesterday, and it says, until the lions have their own historians, the history of the hunt will always glorify the hunter. Mm. That's an African proverb, and it's just the idea of telling the full story of our history, specifically Black history and Black people, and the need for Black people telling their own story rather than what we've gotten this far thus far so yeah I really like that one that's that's a gem you found thank you you're welcome my quote is from MLK which I know makes me really basic for Black History Month but I thought this quote fit the scenario that we talked about he said The time is always right to do what is right. And I feel like that is my shout out to the Bachelor franchise, to Chris Harrison and to Rachel Kirkconnell. May we keep moving forward, become anti-racist as white people and keep educating and learning because just because, you know, it's not the summer anymore, just because BLM isn't still a hot button issue doesn't mean that the work stops in fact the work is forever exactly we'll see everyone soon bye bye and that's the show stalk us on instagram at popoffsis.podcast and check out our pop off sis youtube channel we'll see you next time pop off pop off sis